Hey, what's going on, everyone? We are so glad you're choosing to take time out of your day to listen to our sermons. Our prayer for you is that these messages would not replace your belonging to a local church, but would only be supplemental in your walk with Jesus. With that being said, we love you, and we hope you enjoy the message today. Let me thank Robert and the CR team. So this is the CR team from Friday Night's. If you ever come to CR, you'll see these guys Friday night. They're, they're always doing such an awesome job. They help us on Sundays as well. My name is Ricky Hemi. Thanks for joining us today. It's good to have you guys in person. Thank you to those of you who are joining us today online. Today we're kicking off a, a three-week sermon series titled It Matters. It matters. And so today, week one of this sermon series is Singleness Matters. Week two is going to be Dating Matters. So if you are dating or considering dating, uh, then we've got some great stuff for you there. And week three is Marriage Matters. And, and all of this is just in time for Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Uh, men, that's just a reminder for you, all right? We got a week to get this thing right, okay? So don't forget about Valentine's Day for those of you who uh, are, are prepared to celebrate that. My hope for this series, though, is that you would see that God cares deeply about whatever relationship position you find yourself in today. Whether you're single, you're dating, or you're married. God sees it. God cares about it. One position is not more important than the other. Married people are not more important than single people. Dating people are not more important than married people. There are advantages to every relationship status. God wants you to live for, the, for his glory in whatever position he has you in. He loves you. He cares about you. One relationship status is not more important than the other. He wants you to leverage your position for the glory of God. And so today, we're going to start with the first ring, which is singleness matters. Please turn in your Bibles, if you can, to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. That's where we're going to hang out this morning. I'm going to pray, and we're going to jump right into this thing. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you so much for a packed house this morning. It's so encouraging to see so many faces this morning, setting up extra chairs. And thank you for Robert and his team and for their uh, just ability to, to lead us and draw us in closer to your presence, your throne room, God, as we lift up our praise to you. I pray right now as we open up the word that you would challenge us. I know that there are singles in the room today. There are singles here because of uh, their own choice. They want to be single. There are singles here who have been thrust into singleness without them actually even wanting that for their lives. And I just pray wherever we find ourselves today, that we would be sensitive of where others are at, that we would be willing and, and able to disciple others who are not necessarily in our own life stage. And so just use this morning for your glory and help us to see how you want us to use whatever position we're in uh, to make an impact that will last. I pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. First Corinthians 7, starting in verse 8, Paul says this. I'm going to skip around a little bit, but this is what he says. He says, to the unmarried and the widows, I say that it's good for them to remain single as I am. Isn't that interesting? I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife. And his interests are divided. 
And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this for you and for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. Now, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Paul actually encouraged singleness. Did you know that? He says in 1 Corinthians 7, it's good to remain single as I am. Now, just to be clear, singleness is not a command in the Bible. Okay, so if you're married today, you should be grateful for your marriage, all right? So we're not, we're going to talk about marriage. This isn't a point, this doesn't mean you go and abandon your marriage. Okay, the regular pattern is set in Genesis chapter 2, the usual pattern where we see God designing marriage, Genesis 2.24, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. That's the usual pattern, but what if you're not married? Like Paul. Or what if you don't plan on getting married? Like Jesus, are you at some kind of disadvantage as a human being or a Christian if you don't have a spouse? Paul's answer is a resounding no. According to the Apostle Paul, singleness is not a curse. Can I get an amen? Singleness is not a curse. According to Paul, singleness, and this is going to open some of your eyes because you've been trained by culture that you need somebody. You need somebody all the time, and, and you are not whole on your own. You can't be whole on your own. Paul is saying that you can. You can be whole on your own. Singleness is not a curse. It's actually a gift. And if you're ever tempted to feel less than because you're single, then remember Jesus Christ himself was single. So in this first message, I thought, and we're going to talk about dating, we're going to talk about marriage. The Bible has a lot to say about marriage, so we're, we're going to lead towards that. But, but I thought to kick things off in this series that it'd be appropriate to take some time to highlight some of the benefits of singleness. And as we talk about this, I want you to keep in mind that there are single people here at South Valley. And if you're single, I want you to know we love you. We love you we value you. We want you to enjoy being a part of this body. We want to do a good job as a church of having a positive outlook on singleness. That being said, you may be wondering, why be single? Why in the world would I want to be single? Why would I choose this path? Well, there are three categories of singles in the room today. Category number one is single by choice. Some of you who are single, or you know singles in your life, friends of yours who are single, some of you who are single are single by choice. You're single by choice because maybe you like the freedom, maybe you like the flexibility, you like the independence, maybe you have goals and dreams that you plan to achieve before settling down and reorienting your life. Maybe you want to finish college, maybe you want to travel the world, maybe you have some kind of special endeavor that you want to accomplish first. And so you feel that right now at this phase in your life, God wants you to focus on a special job. Or God wants you to focus on yourself, growing yourself, becoming the kind of person who could one day be married. Maybe God wants you to focus on you and your relationship with him. And people who are in this phase that are single by choice, they're often peppered with questions. Why are you single? 
When are you going to get married? When are you going to have someone over? When are you going to go on a date? But there's nothing wrong with you being single. You might be single by choice. You are single, but you are not ready to mingle, okay? Some of you are in that phase. And to be fair, your singleness, if you're in that phase, for some of you, it's just a season. You don't plan on being single forever. And so every time grandma asks you when you're going to bring a, a, a girl home for, for dinner, you're like, grandma, one day I'm going to bring a girl home. Just not yet. You're not going to be single forever. So that's, some of you are single by choice. Others in this room, this is, this is kind of a sensitive one. And Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians 7. It's this, single by force. Paul talks in 1 Corinthians 7 about those who are single by force. He covers the whole spectrum of relationships. He talks about singleness, dating, betrothal, marriage, and then he also talks about divorce. He even talks about the widow and the widower. And one reason I wanted to highlight this topic first is because many people in our church, in our community, and I just want to put this on your guys' radar, we have a number of people in our church who have been forced into singleness over the past two years. We have widows in this church. We have widowers in this church. Men and women who are navigating singleness. They never planned on being single. They never wanted to be single, but they've been forced into singleness. Or maybe they've been forced into it because of a marriage that didn't work out. Some of you are single today by force. So what does God have for you? What's God want to do in your life in this season? Paul wants you to leverage this season for the glory of God. The last category is single by calling. And this one is something that we are not very accustomed to because we don't talk about this very much. But for centuries in the church, there were men and women who felt like God had set them aside for a celibate life. They felt like, you know what, God wants to do something special with me. He wants to use me in some ministry capacity. And for him to use me in this ministry capacity, I need to not be bogged down by marriage. And so I am taking a vow of celibacy and I'm choosing to be celibate for life. And in the church, for centuries, this was actually celebrated. Actually, there's versions of this that are still happening today when you think of the Catholic Church, right? Priests are single by calling in the Catholic Church. Well, in the Christian church, this was actually a custom for many Christians. They would choose a celibate lifestyle for the glory of God. It was a special calling. Jesus says this in Matthew 19. He says, not everyone can receive this saying. Okay, so he's pointing out this is not for everybody, but only those to whom it's given. For there are eunuchs, and he's talking about singles here. Okay, so not the kind of eunuchs that castrate themselves. Okay, this is, he's actually kind of hyperbole here. This is just about singleness. There are eunuchs who have been so from birth, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by men, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven. Let the one who is able to receive this receive it. Jesus points out that some people are called to a life of singleness. It's not just a choice for a season. It's not something that's forced upon them. It's a calling from the Lord. The most famous single person in the world is Jesus Christ. If you have a special calling to be like Jesus Christ, then that is a calling worth celebrating. Can I get an amen? Sometimes singleness is actually 
a calling. And this isn't for everybody. He says, let the one who's able to receive it, receive it. Some of us are going to look at that and be like, I, that's not me. I know me. I know my attraction for others. That's not going to work for me. Others might be seeing this and be like, wow, you know what? I didn't ever think that that was even an option for me. I thought that I had to get married and have kids because that's what everybody else does. And I'm always asked when I'm going to get married and have kids. I didn't even know singleness could actually be an option in my life. And to the glory of God, I didn't know there were actually advantages to it. Well, I don't know what kind of single person you are this morning or what kind of single people you all know. But I want to give you three advantages of singleness. If you choose singleness or you know a single person or you've been thrust into singleness, I want to give you three advantages of singleness. Number one, singles have a greater capacity to focus on the Lord. Singles have a greater capacity to focus on the Lord. Listen to what Paul says. He says, the unmarried man, he says the same thing about the unmarried woman. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord. He's, he's dedicating his time and his energy and his thought processes to the things of the Lord. How to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things. How to please his wife and his interests are divided. Isn't that interesting? Did you guys hear the news this week that the goat retired? Did you guys hear that news? The goat Retired Tom Brady, we got a picture. There he is, the GOAT. Tom Brady has finally retired. We are going to see Super Bowls without Tom Brady. Can you believe that? Some of you are pumped up. Some of you are shedding a tear right now, and others of you are very excited. we got Rams-Bengals coming up. Any Rams-Bengals fans in here? Anybody? I'm, just so you know, I am wearing a Todd Gurley jersey next week to church, okay? Just warning you. And if you guys have a jersey, rock one next Sunday. Tom Brady. So he... He just retired. I'm shocked. I didn't think this guy would really retire. I thought we'd see him in another Super Bowl. I am actually, I'm not a, a Patriots fan. I'm not a Buccaneers fan, but I am a Tom Brady fan because what he's done is pretty remarkable. Seven rings, seven rings. What I love though is his statement about why he retired. This week he put it out on Instagram. I'm going to read it to you. He says, I've always believed the sport of football is an all-in proposition. If 100% competitive commitment isn't there, you won't succeed. And success is what I love so much about our game. There's a physical, mental, and emotional challenge every single day that we're allowed to maximize our gifts at this highest potential. And I've tried my very best these past 22 years. There are no shortcuts to success on the field or in life. This is difficult for me to write, but here it goes. I'm not going to make the competitive commitment anymore. Some of you guys read that and you cried. It's okay. Brady's description of football, when I read that, I was writing this sermon. Brady's description of football sounds a lot like marriage. Marriage is all or nothing. The moment you say, I do, you are promising to that person in the presence of your family and friends, and in the presence of God, to give your very best to your spouse. That's what's happening in marriage. You are promising not to give your spouse your leftovers, but to give them the best of what you have, the best of your energy, the best of your love, the best of what God has given you. You are promising that to your spouse. Marriage is all or nothing. You don't get to be sort of, kind of married, okay? 
There's no free trial in marriage like we are used to in every other subscription in life. Some of us, we sign up for the free trial and then we bail out as soon as they, it's going to cost us something. Can't do that in marriage. There's no exchanges. There's no refunds. Okay, the, the marriage altar doesn't function like Costco where you can return anything you want whenever you want. Marriage is all or nothing. It's an all day, every day, 100%, forever, till death do us part. That is marriage. We're going to talk about that in just a couple of weeks. Some of you signed up for that, and I'm saying that to you, and you're like, oh my goodness, I really did sign up for that. All or nothing. And, and just so you know, when we talk about singleness today, God designed marriage. Marriage is a gift from the Lord. Your spouse is a gift. Your kids are a gift. Marriage reflects the relationship between Jesus and his church. Marriage reflects the Trinity. So as I talk about this today, I don't want to undermine marriage. Marriage is beautiful and amazing and good. And it's the, it's the pattern that God set up since the garden. Marriage is amazing. But although marriage is an awesome gift, here's the warning that Paul's pointing out. When we are married our energy gets divided. It has to be divided. We are saying that we're going to divide our energy. We are saying up front that I'm going to give my best to my spouse. Marriage is a blessing from the Lord, but along with this blessing comes a host of new challenges like pleasing a spouse, loving a spouse, serving a spouse, learning a spouse, cooking food for that spouse that that likes. That's for men and women both, right? Like learning the love language of a spouse. Some of you love physical touch. Some of you just want your husband to do the dishes. Lots of different ways to love a spouse. Which way works for you? Being a good spouse, being a good parent takes 100% of you. And that means that you're sometimes left with very little margin to dedicate to the Lord. Now, just a side note, it's entirely possible to be fully devoted to your spouse fully love your kids, and fully devoted to Jesus and his church all at once. It's totally possible, but it takes a lot of discipline. Organizing your life, prioritizing things, it's totally possible. But Paul is pointing out that in your pursuit of Jesus as a married person, you have to remember that you can't neglect your family in that process. He says that that Married people are anxious about worldly things, how to please their spouse. This is Paul's way of saying, happy wife, happy life. That's what he's saying. If mama's not happy, no one's happy. But do you know what singleness does? It allows you to focus 100% of your attention on God. Maybe that's why you're single today. Maybe God's not cursing you. Maybe you're single because he loves you that much. Maybe you're single because he wants all of you right now in this season of your life. Maybe you're single because he wants to teach you things in this season of singleness that he can never teach you in a single of marriage or a season of marriage. Maybe you are single because God wants to do special, something special in your life. The Apostle Paul wants you to maximize your singleness by devoting your singleness to the Lord. He wants you to see that Christ can actually be enough. 
Jesus can be enough. Jesus can be enough for you right now. Jesus can be enough for you in whatever season you're facing. Jesus can be enough. If you're single, what does Jesus want to do through your life in this season? You see, far too many singles, when I talk to singles, they waste their singleness by obsessing over marriage. They're always thinking about the next step instead of looking at what's right in front of them. And so maybe God is saying to you, hey, during this season, I know you may not like this season a lot, or, or maybe this is exactly where, where, where you're going to be forever. I don't know what God's plan is for your singleness, but maybe God is saying, hey, during the season, turn off your phone, erase the dating apps, get rid of them. Stop scrolling through Facebook looking for Mr. Right or Mrs. Perfect. For now, what I want you to do is focus your attention on me. I want you to spend time with me. I have a special mission for you. I want all of you. That's why you are single. And so if you're single, I encourage you, read biographies about Christian singles. We've forgotten about how amazing singles can be and have been throughout history. Read about women like Corey Tenboom, who risked her life to save 800 Jews. Or read about people like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a pastor who dedicated his life to raising up fellow pastors to stand against Hitler and Nazi Germany. Read about guys like him. Or read about widows like C.S. Lewis. You guys remember C.S. Lewis? Read about C.S. Lewis and how he dealt with becoming a widower. Read about those who were pulled away from their families, like John Bunyan. People who were forced into prison, people who were persecuted, people who had their families ripped out from them because of of crazy circumstances. Read about what God did through him and writing The Pilgrim's Progress, one of the most famous books of all time, a book many of you guys read in school. All these people had a special calling for their their singleness. And God used them when they dedicated 100% of their energy to the Lord. The GOAT realized, the GOAT, Tom Brady, realized that to succeed as a quarterback, he needed to give 100% to football. And that's why he has seven rings. That's why he's broken every playoff record in existence. And that's why he felt he needed to retire. If he wasn't going to be 100%, then he couldn't do it. Well, singleness allows you to be 100% with the Lord. What's advantage number two? Advantage number two is this, singles build God's family through discipleship. This is something that I just realized this week. Now, I've always known this, but I haven't always had the words to to explain this. Now, I want you to hang with me on this one for just a minute, because this might be a new, just a paradigm shift for you. I know it is for me, but but let let me ask you this question. Did you know God's family grows by regeneration, not propagation? Did you know that? God's family grows by regeneration, not propagation. One thing I've learned about Lamour, well, a couple things. One is I've learned about you guys is fog. I've told you that a few times. Another thing I learned is you guys have feral cats. You guys ever have cat problems at your house? What is going on with these cats? Okay, I am not used to feral cats and neither are my kids. My kids see these cats out on the street and they think that these cats need to come home to our house. (laughs) Only recently did Johnny realize these cats don't want to come home to your house. And it took a few claws for him to figure that out. 
Okay, we have a feral cat problem. I, my office is right over there, and I'm telling you, every month I look out there, and there are baby cats in the backyard of my little, little office over there. So we got a feral cat problem. But here's what I've learned about feral cats. Feral cats are born every day in Lemoore. They don't have a family. They don't have a home. And they don't want a family. They don't want a home. They're feral. They're wild. They're not born into a family. They're not born into a home. Well, did you know that none of us are born into God's family? Did you know that? None of us are born into God's home. We are all feral. Every one of us. God's family doesn't grow by propagation, having children, procreation. That's not how God's family grows. God's family grows by regeneration. It's not the first birth that gets you into the kingdom. It's your second birth that gets you into the kingdom. Being born again. This is important for singles to understand because singles grow God's family through discipleship. That's how they do it. We grow God's family through discipleship. Singles, if you are single here today, you may at times struggle with not having offspring. That might hurt you at times, may hurt your heart, may hurt you inside. And I I could see that and sense that and we love you and we want to help you process that. And some of you, you're... You have other problems that keep you from having offspring and and it hurts and it's painful and you feel like it's a curse, but it's not a curse. Because although you may not have physical offspring, you know what singles can have? You know what barren women can have? Spiritual offspring. You can have spiritual offspring. You see, Paul and Jesus, you know how many children they had? Zero. You know how many spiritual kids they have? Millions. Paul wasn't a parent, but he often acted like a parent. You can be single and still act like a parent. Actually, the Bible encourages you to still act like a parent. Listen to what Paul says. A single man, no children, as he's loving and caring for and coaching others. Listen to these words from him. He says, though you have countless guides in Christ, you don't have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Paul loved being a spiritual father. You know what he also loved being? A spiritual mother. It's kind of interesting, but listen to these words. He says, we were gentle among you like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. If you are single, you can still have children. It's just different kind of child. But spiritual children are actually the children that will inherit the kingdom. It's not physical children who are promised the kingdom. It's spiritual children who are promised the kingdom of God. And so we have, as parents, obviously a role to help our kids, coach our kids to see the value of being born again and to walk them towards Christ. But it's spiritual children who will inherit the kingdom of God. And so this is a question that I feel like is very important for South Valley during the season. And it's this, how many spiritual children do you have? How many spiritual children do you have? Now, many physical, many, it's not how many physical children do you have, but how many spiritual children? How many people have you helped lead to Jesus? How many people have you discipled and coached in the Lord? Men, I've said this before, but who is your man? 
Who's the young guy that you're investing in? Who's the older guy that you're learning from? Think of Paul and Timothy, Paul and Titus. Paul always had a young man he was teaching and coaching. He became like a father in the faith to that person. And and one thing I've realized is that we are tempted to only do life with people who are like us. We are tempted to only surround ourselves with people who think like us and look like us and are in the same phase and age stage and life situation as we are. But Paul and Jesus are challenging you to be intergenerational, to have children in the Lord, to be a father figure to others, to learn from somebody, to invest in somebody. The same is true for women. Women, who is your woman? Think Elizabeth and Mary. Elizabeth invested in Mary. Mary learned from Elizabeth. Women, who are you investing in? Titus talks about women teaching younger women how to be husbands, how to be disciples, how to grow in the Lord. Who is your woman? And for the young women in the room, are you approaching older godly women and learning from them? Do you have children in the Lord? Paul is not against marriage, but he knows he knows that we can make an idol of marriage. And he reminds us that our first job as Christians is the great commission to go and make disciples. And so if you are a parent in this room, that's still your first mission. If you're married in this room, that's still your first mission. If you are single in this room, that is still your first mission to go and make disciples. Christian singleness is a reminder that it's possible to have children without even having children. But I want to warn you of something really quick. And it's the problem If you're single today, I hate this for you. I hate that people will do this to you. But you will likely be looked down upon. You've realized that. You've experienced that. People will challenge you. People will question you. And I want to do a better job at South Valley of having a positive mindset towards those who are single. Because culture is going to question you. Culture is not going to understand you. Every message you get is that you need somebody perfect to balance you out. But maybe God is saying, no, you don't need anybody but me. Listen to this quote. I read this in a journal article. He says, for many people today, singleness feels like an embarrassment. Some of you might feel this. A reason for apology. A motivation for therapy. We're asked if we're called to singleness, but no one ever asks if one is called to marriage. We have to deal with singleness, but no one ever talks about dealing with marriage. Although marriages are sometimes stressful experiences, amen to that. I have an amazing spouse, amazing marriage, 10 years, by the way. We just celebrated 10 years of being married. I'll talk more about that in a couple weeks. We've been together for 16 years, but as amazing as our marriage has been, it doesn't mean that it's always cupcakes and rainbows. We may be asked, why are you single? If you are single, you are asked this at least once a week. But no one ever thinks to ask, why are you married? Singleness should be thought of not as a problem, but as a type of living with its own advantages and disadvantages, its own opportunities for service to God. That is what I'm trying to communicate here this morning. And so here at South Valley, we want to foster a positive view of celibate singleness. Celibate singleness. Pure singleness. 
Okay, this is singleness that's dedicated to the Lord, that does things the Lord's way and commits their time and energy to the Lord. If you're single, you matter, your story matters, your season of life matters, you have a special window to do great things for the Lord, so cease your opportunity. Finally, and I'm not going to say much on this, but the last point, singles are rewarded for their faithfulness to God. If you use your singleness well, you will, can expect an amazing reward from the Lord. Listen to what Jesus says. Truly I say to you, there's no one who's left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold. Now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. You abandon relationships for me, I will reward you with big and mighty things. That's the promise from Jesus. Isaiah says this, sing O barren one, the woman who's struggling to conceive a child, who didn't bear, break forth into singing. Cry aloud, you who have been in labor, who have not been in labor, for the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married, says the Lord. He's talking here about spiritual children, not physical children. And so God promises a special blessing to those who place their relationship with him above a relationship with anyone else. And so to help us apply this message, we're going to wrap it up by listening to some thoughts from a single person in our church. I'm going to invite up Rigo Ortiz. Rigo is on our Next Gen staff. He is new to South Valley, new to Lemoore, getting used to fog and feral cats. Yep. <laughs> And so Rigo's going to grab a stool. He's going to come over here each week in this series. I'm going to interview somebody at this stage and phase of life. And so uh, to kick it off with uh, some questions on singleness, we have Rigo. Rigo, you get situated. Um, and uh, Rigo, I know that this is kind of a, a sad week for you um, because I know that the Tom Brady announcement really hits you hard. So I hope you're hanging in there. All right, everybody. This is Rigo Ortiz. Okay, Rigo. So I, first off, I just want to say thank you for coming and talking to us about singleness. Yes, thank you for having me. And you're brave for doing this, okay? Yeah. I, I know that this is a topic that's not always easy to talk about, but I respect you and love you, and I can't believe that you said yes to moving out here with us and serving with us. And so I just have a question, couple questions for you. The first is uh, it has nothing to do with the sermon, but it's important because next week is Super Bowl. And uh, who you got, Rams or Bengals? You know, um, being born 17 miles away from L.A., living in L.A. County my whole life, I think we both know who I'm going for, and that's the Los Angeles Rams. All right. Any Rams fans today? Anybody? Five of you. Uh, the rest of you are bitter because you're San Francisco fans. I know it. Okay. So let me ask you this question. What? So I haven't been single for 16 years. And so it was, it was a challenge for me writing this sermon. I read some journal articles just to prepare my heart and mind. I've talked to a number of you in this church who are, in, are single for different reasons. But I want to ask you, uh, what, what is the best part about being single? If you were to summarize it, what's the best part? Well, for me, the best part about being single is that it gives, gives me the opportunity to really focus on myself. It gives me the opportunity to focus on my relationships with others. Um, but most importantly, it gives me the opportunity of uh, focusing on my relationship with Christ. Um, we all know that relationships require a great deal of, of, of investment of time from both partners. And just being single really 
motivates and encourages me to work and strengthen the areas that I feel need some strengthening. It helps me prepare, whether if it's spiritually, emotionally, uh, financially. Um, so that's what, for me, the best part about singleness is, is that it helps me just be a better person. One of the prayers that I made for this year is that I wanted to be a better son, a better brother, a better uncle, a better friend, a better leader. And this season of singleness really helps me focus on all those areas. Amen, man. Amen. Um, yeah, super good. So one thing I love about South Valley, and this is not going to change because it's, it's great. This is a family-oriented church, right? So we have youth ministry. We have kids ministry. We're going to be getting more women's ministry, men's ministry, talking about marriage, all of those good things that are positive for families. But it's, I think it's possible to be positive for families and to be positive for singles at the same time. And so I want to ask you, your experience, what's it like being a part of a predominantly family-oriented church? Is that a struggle? Is it working? What's it like for you? You know, I think it's great. I think, you know, I love coming to South Valley and seeing a, a lot of families here. I think it gives us a good example of what a Christ-centered family looks like. It also reminds me of when I was, when I was a kid. Um, we would all go to church together. My family, my family and I, we were a family of seven. We'd all go to church together, and just seeing that at South Valley really reminds me of that, and I see it as a beautiful thing. And if you were to identify a way that we could do better at loving singles here at South Valley, what would you say? Maybe just teaching them about the importance of, of singleness and teaching single people how to how to thrive in their singleness and how to use this season of singleness as a way to really um, seek the Lord even more and to work on yourself and to work on others, work on your relationships with other people. And what's it been like, so this, this has been the challenge for, for all of us, me, you, and Jonathan, what's it been like leaving your family behind, leaving Southern California behind, uh, being surrounded by San Francisco fans instead of LA fans, <laughs> Uh, what's it been like leaving all of that and packing up your things and starting a life out here in the Central Valley, uh, surrounded by farmland? Like, it's beautiful, and, but different. What, what's it been like for you? Well, at first, to be completely honest, it was a little, a little hard and challenging and scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember prior to my, making my decision of coming to South Valley, I remember waking up in the morning with uh, so much, like, anxious, like uh, so much anxiety. Uh, my stomach felt weird. My, like I was trying to process the, the whole move and the, because it was like, it's a life-changing decision, right? So, you know, many thoughts ran through my head and I think I was just scared of the unknown. Uh, thoughts ran through my head, like where am I going to live? Uh, how is life away from my family going to be like? How is life in Lamore going to look like? which the answer to that is really foggy. Yep. Um, how, is, how is my transition going to be here at South Valley, right? But after weeks of, of prayer and, and talking to the Lord, you know, my anxiety and, the, and those fears began to slowly fade away. My worries were replaced with, with peace and trust, and I began to feel good about it, and I just felt like God was just making this happen. So... That's the Holy it, Spirit, man. Yes, yes. It's been a, it's been a crazy journey, but, um, but yeah, it's, 
It's been a journey. Um, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for where we're at, though. We've been able to do so many amazing things. We renovated the chapel. Um, we, Jonathan and I, we launched the Valley Youth, in which we had over a hundred students in attendance opening day. Anyone here thankful for the youth ministry? Yeah. Uh, we we had our fifth quarter event. There was like over 400 students, and now we're currently working on the young adults ministry. So um, all this to say that God used my season of singleness as a way to further his kingdom. Okay. And there was nothing holding me back. I wasn't married. I, I didn't have a child. I wasn't in a relationship. All I had to do was say yes to the calling that God had and that he has for me. All right. Yes. Love that. Love that. Okay. Uh, quick question before we wrap it up. Uh, do you plan on being single forever? So while this, meet, uh, while, while this might be a plan for others, I, I do not plan on being single All forever. All right, you guys heard it. You heard um, it. And God's timing, I know he's going he's gonna to bring the right person, but until then I'm just going to. I planned that question for a reason, just okay. so you know. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, when, when it's God's timing, it will happen, but until then I will continue to fix my eyes on Jesus. I will work uh, on my relationships with other people, on my relationship with the Lord. And, yeah, let's see what, what God brings. And any last word for singles before we wrap it up? You guys are awesome. Keep doing your thing. You guys are awesome. All right. Give it up for Rigo, everybody. Hey, thanks, dude. Love you, man. So that's all we got for you guys today. Singles, we want you to know we love you. For those who are in a dating relationship or going to pursue dating, next week is a message on dating. I encourage you, church, be here each week. Let's try to see how we can love on people in every phase and stage. I'm going to pray, and that's going to be our, our service for the morning. If you need prayer, we're going to be available up here in the front. We want to pray with you and talk with you, and we're just so grateful you worshiped with us today. So let's pray to wrap up today, and then, uh, and then we'll close out the service. God, I thank you so much for Rigo. And I thank you for his story and for stories like it, Lord. I know that there are people in this re room who are single for, for lots of different reasons. Pray that we would love them and serve them well. And I also pray, God, that they would dedicate their singleness to you, giving 100% of what they have, 100% of who they are, to whatever special calling you have on their lives, that they wouldn't be afraid to focus on you, that they would be able to proclaim that Jesus Christ is enough. And I pray for those who are dating, that you'd protect them and watch them, prepare them. I pray for those who are married, that they would be giving 100% to their spouse and their kids and to you and navigating all of those challenges and hurdles, but also doing it with love and with discipline. And God, we just, we just thank you for relationships. We thank you for South Valley. We love you and praise you. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Hey, love you guys. Have an amazing Sunday. We will see you next week.